Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview, and I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks, where you can hear the rest. My hope is that if rebellion still exists, which I hope, because part of me feels like people don't really rebel that much anymore, mm-hmm. but if rebellion still exists, I hope that maybe like Gen Z will rebel into becoming interesting, just despite... <laughs> I don't know. Parents like 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 they won't accept or or read books that are basically um, two hundred page tweet storms. You know, Uh, like like I was saying, like I feel like popular media is always tracking whatever the dominant social media or internet thing is of the day in like in the past like two decades. So we've gone from like a bunch of books that were just basically glorified um, blogs. Like like I would say, Rasan Gay's Bad Feminist. Like that book is each. Chapters is just a basic a blog post where now mm-hmm. we have books like Lauren Duca's, which is just a giant tweet storm. Like, like I yeah. s- s- skimmed yeah. some of that one, and that one is just, uh, I don't know. I hope no, it's a, it's, it's a book proposal just sort of inflated into 250 pages. That's that's all that anything is anymore. It's just, I wrote a proposal, I got tired. So now I'm just going to pad onto it. I'm going to, you know, cut and paste some other people's work here um, and and submit. Yeah, absolutely. And the book is really just part of a brand. It's part of your, like, your portfolio, your package. It's just something mm-hmm. that, that you have to have in your in your influencer arsenal. Like, you know, everyone has to go through their motion where they produce a book like 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 D-Ray, D-Ray McKesson had just done a book. And I don't think any of the any of these books really uh, sell. Like They kind of disappear. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they don't last because there's because they're contentless. Like they're totally devoid of anything. But the thing is, like, it's it's not even about sales so much. It is is it is about like uh, a CV. So yes. you can get a TED talk if you have a book. You can get you know there's it opens. You can get speaking engagements more more easily if you have a book. So it's it's really just about I need. I need something published so I can get the teaching job or whatever the fuck. And then, and so it's just about, I have to get something, I have to get something out. And HarperCollins and Simon & Schuster and all these things are, are just, pack, you know, they just package these books, they ship them out, and they're just part of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I, and I feel like, remember what I was talking before about how, like, I think the Ivy Leagues are less interesting because the path to the Ivy Leagues is less less interesting, you know, where it's just um, a prepackaged set of stuff. Like, I think... These people's brains get in, ingrained with that hustle mm-hmm. uh, to get in type of thing, have the right type of things. Like this is the same way that Christopher Vogler like dumbed down the hero's journey, which itself was kind of a, even though it was a smarter, more thought out one, a kind of simplification of Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, like the, the way they've dumbed down like the hero's journey to like the, the writer's journey, this 12 
point screenwriting memo. And that itself was a Xerox that was expanded to a book. Like, so that goes to what you're saying about how culture is just like books that are basically just really expansion, expansions of nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That thing didn't have to be a book because basically what was stolen from the Xerox machine that infected the whole industry, like a brain worm, was really one sheet of paper. That same mindset has gone toward your adult influencer career. Like like, like, like the same way you have to have ch- cello on your resume and community service and a sport and like debate club and this is a, n- a new format. They've just transferred that to like adult adulthood. And yeah. Now, yeah. now that I think about it, I think I read about how in all these... um ivy track high schools and all these um ivy track organizations i think i read how plagiarism is like actually more rampant in the elite elite schools than the non-elite schools like yeah like that culture. I'm, I'm sure yeah yeah so it makes it makes sense that that they're now doing the same thing as as adults like st- stealing off of tweets and stealing off i've had multiple people tell me that they've had their tweets stolen and popped up in tv shows popped up in articles there's things where i've seen on tv shows where i'm like i'm sure someone read that in a, in a tweet of mine like, like somebody said didn't you tweet this and, I, and that's why i kind of want to put stuff out there anymore like carelessly right yeah yeah no absolutely and the you know and, and the people that are doing this the people that are just sort of like content management and and publishing books that are essentially just like a series of tweets and and so on like they all they all they have like pictures of Joan Didion on their Tumblr feeds and Clarice Lispector and all these sort of motivational quotes about being a real writer and and all this stuff and it's just like this is not this is not writing this isn't writing <laughs> no and you said it yourself it's self-actualization mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of this thing when I was um interested in writing I remember there was this popular book in the 2000s I don't know if people are still into it but you know like I always think things don't come fully formed like the currents of everything were always before and it's just easy to kind of punch at the you know mm-hmm. the fully bloomed version but if remember like the artist journey and i was guilty of uh getting the artist journey and stuff like that but that sure. was, is that what it was called uh this book by this woman and it was the artist way i think the right? artist way yeah. yeah yeah i didn't read that one but i read her her other book uh julia julia cameron yeah but i i remember everyone who fancied themselves a writer mm-hmm. had that book it became about compiling books and quotes about writing yeah. more than actually act than more than actually writing. And yeah. you gotta you kinda got a quick dopamine hit off of every book or quote that you had about writing. But whenever it was time to actually sit down, write, a lot of people weren't doing it. Yeah, actually I think I think it was the artist way. I don't see any other books. So I think that was the one that that I read and stuff. And one thing I will give some of these people credit for is some of them do write a lot. I mean, a lot of it's vapid, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, some of them yeah, are... They're, they're certainly very productive. <laughs> yeah, they're certainly very, very, very productive. But because it's just part of an overall giant hustle, uh, they can't spend too much time on any of it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a content farm. It's, it's this constant need for content and the best way to get your content noticed is for it to look like all the other content i don't know why that is and i never understood like in, in a field of mediocrity why more mediocrity stands out than than originality it seems like it would be the opposite of that but it really isn't like if i can just throughout the day read this these things that are exactly like the things that I read the day before that will be exactly like what I'm going to read tomorrow. You know, like, like, uh, several of our cities are on fire at the moment and, and the professional commentators will not 
pause for a fucking second to like assess and think that maybe um, their ideas that they had about what's happening in America are possibly inadequate. But it happened after the election of Trump, too. It, the election of Trump, this, the complete surprise of it that it was to our media class did not did not make them pause for a second and and contemplate that maybe they just didn't fucking understand what was going on anymore and maybe they should figure it out before they start talking about it but it didn't work or get or get fired cuz cuz you had that article yeah get fired yeah yeah you had the article the american media elite has learned nothing from 2016 it will mm-hmm. only get worse uh mm-hmm. february 24 2020 and i remember this this quote you know um i, I like this passage where he said for the most part, the media did not take its failure to foresee or prevent the results of 2016 election as a cue to pause, assess what it has been doing wrong, and realign itself and its mission in the response to the hard lessons it has learned. Instead, the media rebranded like an oil company recently discovered to be dumping toxic sludge down the throats of sea turtles. It announced it would be the bulwark against Trump and all of his cronies, the last line of protection between us and fascism. Ta-da! It created whole ad campaigns about Trump's hatred for the press. If he hates us, that must mean we're good, right? Right? And this is the part we love that you wrote. Like like those companies, it has never stopped sludge dumping. Just <laughs> changed the name under which it committed its sea turtle murder. No one lost their job for assuring the country of the imp- impossibility of Hillary Clinton losing the elections. No pundits had to apologize for never once stepping inside a red state before pontificating about the state of things in Trump uh, country. It, but you know what's interesting about these types? They're so fragile and narcissistic. Forget stepping into a red state. They can't even they, yeah. leave a leftist or a radical with constructive criticism. Not even like a nasty, snarky, burning bro, bro troll, but just someone who politely disagrees with them, unblocked. Like, like they can't even hand like like they subscribe to other people's block list just to pre preemptively block someone that might disagree with them. So like yeah, no. Yeah, the only the-, the only time that any of these people actually go to a red state is when one of the cities is on fire because of an uprising. That's the only time they go. Or or when it's a red condescending piece about Trump voters, like what are these weirdos like? You know, and they go in there to basically pathologize them. And oh, they don't go. Re- they just call somebody. They don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They, they don't actually. They actually need need to show up. You're right. You're right. They'll send a photographer. Maybe yeah, take a they'll picture send a of two of them to go to a diner. To yeah, yeah, to some, take a picture of somebody in a MAGA hat or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and and you know they're really as as somebody from a red state. Like it, it it's weird to be talked about in that way. Of like, of to be talked about and generalized and to stand up and say, um, excuse me, that's wrong, and then to be told no you don't know what you're talking about. I went to Yale. So it's like, like, okay, I got it. Um, To go back to the movie Zola, right? Zola Mm -hmm. is the movie that is basically a a Twitter thread, Mm -hmm. a viral Twitter thread they made into a movie, right? The coverage of it was spawning, right? But Mm -hmm. The Verge had the story. Zola proves that a viral Twitter thread can make a great story. Hashtag the story turned into a gorgeous caper. And it's a review of it, and I refuse to uh, trust the review, you know? (laughs) I still might watch it because because I feel like it's a seminal moment. Like if this thing even makes a little bit of money, but even if it doesn't, if it just gets a lot of press, that's another thing I realize now is now things don't even have to make money anymore. As long as it gets as long as it gets press, 
mm-hmm. then people will figure, I noticed, it doesn't matter. As long as it goes viral, uh, the next thing they do is going to hit. So, so yeah. just, just, just stay with them. They're able to generate press. We keep generating press enough, something's going to hit. So people get to fail upwards, even though individual projects don't make money. Kind of like how Slave Play actually lost money when, when the smoke cleared. But this mm-hmm. guy moved on to bigger and better things because he was good at uh, generating buzz. Same with uh, Lena Dunham and Girls. Uh, Lena Dun- Girls didn't get that much ratings. She, she never made that much money, but she keeps going viral all the time. So people keep thinking she'll get eyeballs, something will hit uh, eventually. But when I, look, when I looked at the author's name, I said, I bet you the author of this piece uh, went to an Ivy, right? So mm-hmm. I checked and she went to Cornell. Like, I, I checked, yeah. I checked her, link, her LinkedIn <laughs> and... You know, you know, so um, and the reason I'm saying that is basically says like someone from Yale wrote something utterly vapid based on tweets that I'm sure the person who wrote the tweets was was um, just a regular person, not somebody. Mm-hmm. I think I think the person was a stripper or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I didn't read the thread, but I'm sure the thread was actually more creative anything these two people wrote. Oh, I'm sure it was very funny. It was very funny. I mean, there's a reason why it was. It got famous and got, you know, options. It was extremely funny. I have I have zero interest in seeing a movie about it made by other people. Yeah. Exactly. But also, I'm sure they're going to make it worse. I'm sure they're going to put some... Because a lot of these people, they're not funny. They're not clever. Like, like there's, there's so many Ivy League people now doing stand-up comedy. I think it's the same thing you talked about, about um, being bored dilettantes. Mm-hmm. And the comedy is so not funny. It's more like wannabe daily show observational. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah humor but not even like like nothing actually makes you have like that laugh from your gut is something where you, you actually say oh that's so funny yeah and and never and never laugh like there's so many free freelance writers now who when you look at their bio there's like five other things there like um like here's a link to my stand-up comedy set here's uh <laughs> here's my here's my clippings verge buzzfeed box uh this uh the cut and it's like wait what are you are you primarily a stand-up comedian are you a writer? And you get kind of impression. I just want to see what hits. And also, here's my podcast. I just want to throw everything against the wall and let's see. Let's see what hits. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't totally complain against that because you know I'm. I clearly am obnoxiously similar. Uh, I have, you know, <laughs> same here. <laughs> I have I a mean, podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I clearly have one. I, I think people figured that out by now. You know, um, like, but the, the thing is, I'm not even against the idea of it until it becomes until it's clear like you're just doing it for something to hit like like none of this stuff has any content to it that's kind of the thing if you're right yeah yeah it, it's a thoughtlessness or, yeah you're just messing with after, form yeah 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 the, the fact that it's just like like an, everything's an afterthought to like this clear like like let me say this because there have been people who have had multiple hustles before even at athletics yeah like uh bo jackson you know was doing baseball and football but he was great at both he wasn't just um uh, being a bench warmer in both and in cashing in you know you, you've had people who have been um novelists playwrights and actors and have been great at at all mm-hmm. of them like paul like paul robeson like it's not that there's anything wrong with doing multiple things if you have that much talent or things to say but these people don't have enough talent or things to say in one thing <laughs> Much less to be spread to five, I guess is my, my problem. Well, maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to distract from the fact that everything that they do is contentless. Like if they just if it just keeps changing shape, you won't notice it. it it's essentially a, you know, a hologram. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.